45. Looks like Tom Duncan. <laughs> Sounds like. Must be a duck. <laughs> The girls are the best. <laughs> what? What? The bunny ears are back. <laughs> <laughs> Body, welcome back to another edition of Laugh, Lend, and Eat Hot Shots. And uh, we got a real doozy on our hands today. It's actually a guy that I met his son uh, last summer uh, up at my dock, up in, uh, or not my dock, excuse me, somewhere at dock in Delaware. And uh, that's how this stuff works on social media. So I want to introduce our guest today uh, on Hot Shots. It's Bo Cox, branch manager for Nations Lending in Delaware. How are you doing, Bo? I'm doing great, Bobby. How are you today? I'm okay, man. I'm okay. It's uh, It was freezing this morning. I don't know what it's like up the street in Delaware, but here in D.C., we were freezing our buns off. Brother. It was like 26 degrees. <laughs> yeah, we're pushing, uh, we're pushing 50 today, and we've had sunshine for three straight days in a row. So... Uh, I'm, you know, I haven't seen that in, in months, I feel like, so I'm hoping to get outside a little bit later <laughs> today for a walk or something. Does it, does it, I guess living so close to the water, is it, is it worse when the, when the weather is cold or do you kind of enjoy it? Do you get to see stuff that most of us don't just kind of take for granted? I, I mean, you know what? It all depends. I mean, so I'm located, uh, so two parts of that. So the, the Chesapeake Bay, the CND Canal connects the Delaware Bay, Delaware beaches, Delaware River and the Chesapeake Bay. There's this little canal with, uh, you know, these great big cargo carriers. And I can look out my window and just watch them go by here in the office. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so I see all kinds of stuff, man, in the winter time. So it's actually pretty cool to be, you know, near the water in the winter and obviously in the summer, all the sights, of course. So yeah. as you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, I grew up in, in Northern Virginia, D.C. Metro. So coming up to Ocean City, um, I see. Uh, I kind of remember Beach Week in my senior year in high school. Yeah. Senior week, yep. Remember those days. We, we were actually staying in the Plim Plaza. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had an ice cube fight between windows is what I remember last. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were doing uh, I think uh, water balloons with the slingshot. Remember the three man slingshot? You got two guys, and then you got one that runs back about you know eight feet and then lets it go and shoots it like you know hundred yards. That's what we were doing at senior week. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. When I came up there a few years back, I hadn't been to Ocean City area in 20, 25 years, and it has changed a lot. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. It is crazy. I worked down there in high school. Or I'm sorry, when I was in college, mm -hmm. I went to Salisbury. So in the summer times, we worked in Ocean City. Um, you know, it, it's it's night and day between winter and and summer there. That's for sure. This is called Laugh, Lend, and Eat Hot Shots. And JP, I know you're listening. Bo has one of the best pizza places around his joint. It's called Ponzetti's Pizza. I don't know if you were right. It's a, it's a, yeah. I mean, there's a, and we actually had pizza when we were up there last summer, a, a boating, and it was still amazing pizza, man. It was still like, whoa, like I was blown away by it. Yeah, that's a fan favorite for sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's enough about eating. Yeah. Bo, listen, you caught my attention on your Facebook page because we were connected on Facebook. And right. I still want to kind of talk about the hot shots is, you know, highlighting loan officers throughout the country. We don't do a lot of these. We do these like once every other month or something like that. We'll, we'll find a loan officer we want to talk with. Because look, this has been challenging times, man. You know, I mean, I, I I don't know how long you've been, and I've been in the business thirty years myself. Okay. And so for me, seeing this market, really, I wanted to highlight loan officers who are doing well, who are finding ways to to you know still service cl clients, still right. maintain a certain you know maintenance of their of their business. 
and you kind of came across as one of those when we saw your numbers that you were posting on Facebook and, and, your, and your excitement and what you're doing to move forward and not kind of getting bogged down by the media and, oh, my yeah. God, the sky's falling routine like a lot of loan officers are, right? Right. Yeah, no, um, you know, so I've been in the business not uh, not as long, obviously. So uh, around 17 years I got in, um, you know, when I got in the market, we were in uh, a similar market that we're in now, minus the housing crash, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I got in in 2007, you know, we, the, the storm was right around the corner in 2008. Right. So everything was coming, crashing down and we were thriving like none other. And people don't understand that. Like I left uh, the banking world, right? So the nine to five, the, the guaranteed salary, you know, my buddies are in the mortgage business and I'm like, what? you know, they're making three times as much money as I am doing this nine to five. I'm like, you know, something's got to give here. Right. So my wife's, you know, we're, we have a child at home, you know, we're both doing this hustle and bustle with daycare. So I jumped in full, full, you know, full speed, right? Jumped in the hundred percent commission. Um, you know, we were doing, you remember back in the day when online, you couldn't stop pop-up blockers, right? So yeah. lowermybills.com was the, the quintessential pop-up blocker that you could not get around. So, <laughs> you know, lower my bills would pop up and this was right before the economy's getting ready to crash and everybody and their brothers clicking on there. How can I lower my bills? Filling that out. Needless to say, they didn't know it at the time. There's no magical answer at the end. What there is, is a button that when you hit send, that information goes to about 10 loan officers around the country. Right. So that was me sitting in a little cubicle, Wolf of Wall Street environment. <laughs> and if, when that lead came through, you had to be the first one on the phone to try to beat the other nine people. And if you got through to that client, you had to learn how to stay on that phone and get them to hang up knowing that they're only talking to you and not talking to anybody else. Wow. Wow. So we were doing cash out refis, um, you know, FHA loans, cash out refis, I mean, and just absolutely killing it. And, you know, I, I felt guilty in the sense that so many people were struggling and, you know, that the, they were losing their homes with the, the upside down mortgages and, and negative AMs and things like that. And we were just refining them out of it and doing cash out refis and we were absolutely killing it. Yeah. So, you know, that part of the career was, you know, what, what kind of made me, you know, who I am to kind of learn how to adapt and, and build relationships with people. So, you know, all these years ahead, you know, the, the, the days of taking leads, so to speak, are gone, right? So now it's literally just building relationships, um, the referral-based market, you know, probably, you know, I'd say seven, six, seven, eight years ago, maybe I jumped in and said, all right, we're not doing this lead stuff anymore. We're going to do self-generated, go out and build relationships and actually become a loan officer. Now, yeah. you know, had I known what I know now, 20, 17 years ago, whenever I started, I would have taken a totally different approach. It made it very difficult back then to make things obviously a lot easier now. Interesting. Interesting. So look, I mean, based on what you just talked about, I mean, market trends, are always something that's always fun to ask top producers and you know obviously people that have been in the industry as long as you know as long as we have both are right i mean what what are you seeing with the trend now with the way you know especially with technology we got it you can't talk about market trends in 2024 and not talk about technology right I think they go hand in hand and especially when you just brought up pop-up blockers or whatever blockers yeah. that were popping up right right yeah, so. technology back then so obviously fast forward 17 years 
What are you seeing today as a new trend for, for us as far as lead gen, self-gen, whatever that may be? Well, here's the one thing I will say is that, you know, in that era of the the, the late 2000, you know, 2008 dying, mm-hmm. um, I was getting on Facebook and I was promoting my business out on Facebook and what I was doing. And all of the other people in the cubicles around me, all my, they're like, what, what are you, why are you doing that? This is for like personal, like this is like personal. Li-. And I'm like, no, there's, there's, there's money in this thing called Facebook. Like really realize it, but there's money in this thing called Facebook. So I was slowly starting me getting the leads and, and like things off Facebook back. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, you know, like a, a while in the very early stages of Facebook and people didn't quite understand that. Now, look where we're at today, where people literally make a living off of Facebook, right? Yeah. With their business. So, you know, I started doing that so long ago and obviously it's evolved, um, you know, so much over the years with being able to pay. And, you know, back then it was just how many people can I reach or how many people can I reach out to? Yeah. I'm talking to a lead in Arizona back in 2008 and I'm searching for him on Facebook. If I found that person, man, there's an instant connection. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think just the technology, obviously, you know, being able to just click two buttons on my phone and send somebody an application to fill out their, their mortgage application. Um, obviously technology is a huge part of it. Um, you know, the flip side is, is that we, you know, obviously interest rates are the pain point, yep. uh, uh, supply and demand are pain point with the market. Um, and then obviously our overall economic conditions within our economy. So you got to be able to figure out ways to get around those type of things and still reach people and still build relationships. So that's kind of where I focused all my energy on the last few years. So you talk about inventory and obviously we talked about that with a lot of people, but I know before we started recording, we were talking about that your, your unit count has kind of stayed the same but your your actual loan volume increased year over year. Exactly. And so the, the obvious connection is that, you know, in your market in Delaware, that yep. the average median home price has gone up. Right. Causing so, the yeah, there, there's yeah. a couple parts. Of, and sorry, not to cut you off, Bobby. Uh, so there's a couple parts of that. So, um, you know, as, as we were talking before we hopped on here, 2021, I think I did 286 loans for – close to 90 million, I think it was. Right. Um, so obviously there's a, there's the refi, you know, obviously the two, 3% interest rates, the refi boom. So jump into 2022, obviously things are starting to, to come down a little bit. Rates are starting to climb 110 units, uh, 30, I think roughly 35, 30, actually I can read it as, as we speak here. 35 million. <laughs> you have your awards next to you like that, huh? <laughs> you got to know your numbers. You got to know your numbers. So 35, 736 996 for 110 so that was 2022 2023 um 40 some million same exact number of units right so um there's a couple different parts of that obviously number one we talk about uh property values increasing right and the other thing is is that i've built a couple very very strong relationships over the past uh year to, to 18 months with uh, some real estate agents that work in, you know, a higher uh, price market. So there's several neighborhoods around me that, you know, maybe if you asked me 10 years ago, I'd say I'm scared to step foot in that neighborhood because these are all super wealthy people that do very well for themselves. Maybe I felt like at some point I didn't, you know, I, I didn't warrant that in my business, but, you know, I started building some good relationships and that that started 
you know, pushing obviously higher, higher loan amount. Uh, All right, let's stick to this because I, I want to dive into this. Now, this is unscripted, right? We always, I said that before the show, right? We got to, we got to peel back that mindset, brother, right? Because I love the mindset that Jesus opened up. Yeah. So higher loan amounts because you were able to shift your mindset into what, allowing those realtors to use you or actually marketing to those realtors? So marketing to those realtors and, and, and honestly, what it is, is networking, right? So the one thing I've done in my business over the past three years, and I learned this from one of my old partners who was, uh, uh, you know, he's got a, a, a very successful podcast and, and, and everything like that. His name's Mike Siraco, Mike Sirock. Yeah. So Mike has kind of instilled a lot of those values in me over the years with, you know, what I do with my business and actually being able to go reach out to those, you know, those, you know, and our, a lot of people that may listen to this may know what a whale is, right? A whale in the mortgage industry is a real estate agent that is super successful, that does a lot of units, a lot of, so maybe as before, whereas I didn't have the confidence in myself to go speak to whales and go after whales because we know everybody has a lender, right? So um, with networking, different things that I do, I'm a part of uh, uh, what's called master networks. So master networks is kind of like a BNI without the, you know, the gimme, gimme, gimme of BNI. Right. Um, you know, a couple agents I met in there that you know do those type of things. So just networking and, and nurturing those relationships. Yeah. Uh, I just did a. Uh, I did a. Uh, I know Mike Searock. Yeah. Oh, I know of him. I yeah. I think maybe we spoke one. I can't remember if we spoke one time or not. I think we did, but I know he's also part of that uh, uh, realtor guy down there in Florida. I forgot his name. Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. Yeah. That uh, he was really with that whole mindset, changing your mindset to really accomplish whatever you wanted to accomplish, right? Exactly. That's it. Uh, His podcast is called What Are You Made Of? So really just getting people to come out of their shell to, to really just go after anything and you know, we, we did the Grant Cardone sales training for years. I mean, our whole staff, we had 30, 40 people every single morning hopping on, doing sales trainings. Then we would do role playing. Um, you know, we really, you know, I, I just literally got out of a, a Master Networks meeting about it uh, this morning, 10 o'clock. And uh, I, I explained to them, man, I was telling some of the ladies and I said, I wish 20 years ago, somebody grabbed me around the neck and said, here's what you need to know going into life. Right. So. Mm-hmm. With all of the things that I've learned in the past five years, I wish years ago. So as a parent as a, of a 20-year-old old kid, you know, I try to push these things. I try to push certain books that I think may, may help speed up what I had to painfully learn over 20 years and, and maybe get to a certain point. That's amazing, brother. That's, that's some good stuff. Let me ask you something. What about like mortgage products uh services something that's innovative that you think you know i mean like this has really changed your like helped you get more confidence how's that because obviously look confidence is an internal thing i know that right right but having innovative programs innovative products technology features makes that that uh, that confidence a little bit stronger yes or no yes yeah 100 percent. i mean whatever you have in place if you have the right things in place you're going to be successful, right? And it's going to take tweaking, right? You're going to take moving some things out, moving some things in. You know, a lot of what I do, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but if anybody knows how um, um, commissions work in the in the in the mortgage world, mm-hmm. uh, conventional loans are not as as high paying as um, you know your government back loans. So, um, unfortunately, a lot of my business is conventional. Now, the reason why 
conventional loans, you know, they're good credit, right? People have good credit. They have good income. They're a little bit easier, right? They're easier loans to do. So, you know, I've been really heavy on, on the conventional side of loans, but, you know, the new things that come out, the DSCR loans, um, you know, the investor loans, things like that. Um, you know, we, 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 we dig into them a little bit. You got to be careful because a lot of those type of mortgage products are, uh, they're a time suck, right? They're, they're, they take, they take some real, like rolling up your sleeves, trying to figure out how to get them yeah. done. Non QM doing a bank statement loan, right? Complete nightmare. We do them because we have to do them and, you know, because there's a market for them, but there are a lot of things out there. And again, I think it all revolves around technology and having the right people in place to know how to get those type of things done. Right. What about, what about like, I guess, if we could just shift one more time, you know what I mean? When we're talking about like non-QM loans, right? I mean, we're talking about regulatory oversight, right? Because that's, that's why they're called non-QM, right? Non-qualified mortgages. Uh, because if they're qualified, then you don't need to worry about all the other stuff, right? I mean, right. how is regulation affecting you as, 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 a, as a, especially as a branch manager? Because obviously you have to be more attuned to what's going on around you. Make sure that everything everything is buttoned up and compliant. Yeah, you know that's that's a that's a good question. So, again, you know, I, I I sound like an ass to say something like this, but when you're doing good business and you're doing those other type of loans, you kind of like want to do this, right? You want to put the blinders on. I'm like, I'm not messing with that. I'm not messing with that. Now, on the flip side, when things get slow, like now or slower in the winter market, at least in our area, you're like. Yeah, sure. I'll entertain it. I'll, I'll look at those type of things. Right. But you, you just got to be careful and know what kind of business you're dealing with and, you know, what type of, uh, you know, is this legit? Is this uh, we have a uh, we have a, a huge, huge um, marijuana. Um, uh, dis- what, do, what do they call it? So basically a factory. It's, it's 10 minutes down the road here. Um, there was an FHA guideline a while back that you, you technically you couldn't do you couldn't get a mortgage if it had anything to do with the cannabis industry. Right. So one of those type, you know, that, I mean, it's, it's called SunMed. It's a huge, huge facility here. It's very, very popular. I've done loans for people that work there, and it's there is a way to get around those things, and you kind of dig into the guidelines and stuff like that, and, and it is an FHA loan. So. You know, I think just being ahead of the times and, you know, and me getting off topic a little bit, but no, you know, it's just a matter of doing those type of things and maybe taking that extra step to do a little bit more research to, to where, you know, back in the day, you just kind of say, oh, I'll let somebody else deal with that. I'll let with another loan officer waste their time or something like that. But the cannabis economy is something that we don't really talk about too much. Right. You talk about more about crypto economy than we do about cannabis economy. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Crazy. And cannabis economy is not going anywhere. No. And I mean, I think, you know, if you have a factory from within like 10 minutes of your office, uh, learning how to handle their, their request on how to get a loan done is probably going to be meaningful for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, uh, it's funny. I was up at the Philadelphia 76ers game uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm up in the suite level with, uh, my brother, you know, we're walking around and I see a, a SunMed has got a box like three doors down from the Coca-Cola box. And I'm like, holy shit this is like 10 <laughs> minutes down the road these guys are in here they're i'm like i gotta figure out how to meet these guys i gotta figure out you know what i mean they're they have hundreds of, of employees there yeah. they're gonna need housing i know how to do them like you know so the wheels are spinning on something like that does that happen to you often like is that the way bo's mind works like you see something you can you try to connect the dots yeah yeah that's what it's all about man i mean just you know like 
I, I in building relationships and just meeting people. Um, I got a text message. I, I met a kid. I say kid, but he's probably in his early twenties. Um, I met this guy. He was a real estate agent and, uh, I bumped into him in a coffee shop like two weeks ago. And he said, Hey, I got this job interview at this, at this big bank coming up. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I, you know what? I actually know a guy, a president that just took a job at this bank. And he's like, Oh, really? I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I'll reach out to him for you. Just put in a good word. Kid texted me back it was today. What's that? Thursday, Tuesday. Hey man, I want to let you know, I got the job with the first, with the bank. I really appreciate you putting in a good word with such and such. And I'm thinking it's all about connections. It's all about meeting people. You just never know that next one person that you might, might change your life. Right. Yes. I think you, you talked about this before. Let's dive into it. A strong referral network. I know we're coming up to the end here, but I want to yeah. mention, like, do you consciously try to create a network or do you just, is your nature just to create the network? So I feel like I do it subconsciously. Um, you know, I, the different groups that I'm a part of, um, I got affiliated with, uh, the law enforcement community about 12, uh, about 12 years ago. Okay. So, uh, it, it's a long story it's, it's for a whole nother show, but I, I, my stepbrother, same age as me, we're two days apart. Uh, he took a bullet, uh, was shot in the face. Wow. Um, he survived. He, he's still, still on the force. Um, but at the time when that happened, it was 10 years ago this week, uh, the Ravens Super Bowl. We're sitting around the house getting ready, and my mom calls me and tells me the story, and I'm like, holy shit. Wow. So fast forward, I'm in the Delaware State Police Academy giving a presentation, um, and I'm not in there to to solicit business. I'm in there as a, as a, a value proposition with my financial advisor, and I'm up there telling the story, and I just – I lose it. I'm like – like I get this warm and – you know, feeling I'm like, like I'm ready to start tearing up. And I'm yeah. like, I, I, I tied my why as, as what I did is, you know, I was in the mortgage business. I was just earning a good living. You know, I was raising a family. Things were good, but I'm like, you know what? These guys leave their house. They lace up their boots. They put on their, their, their belt and they roll out to work and they don't know if they're coming home and yeah. their families don't know if they're coming home. So if there's anything I can do to make the mortgage process as simple as process with, the least amount of fees, the lowest rate, all that good stuff. Um, I do it. So I do hundreds of loans for law enforcement. That's like a niche that I got into. Um, and I take great pride in doing that and being like a law enforcement lender. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing, if you think about it, you know, and I say this to them jokingly, but the, 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 the nature of a law enforcement person is to trust nobody, right? right. But when you can earn that trust of one police officer, or you know fbi whatever they pass your name around like crazy so i've created this referral network within that community and it's just led me into to other things so um you know i do it subconsciously other than the little groups that i have but again just you know like-minded people I, I like to do business that i with people that i like i know and i trust yeah and those three pillars are all all entwined and you continue to grow that thing, it's uh, it's just, it's magical what can happen. Well, let's wind this talk down with, with one, one question that I got to ask, right? You, if, if I said, Bo, write me a playbook. I mean, and I don't know how many steps it is. I mean, you, you can decide the number of steps, but what's the first step in Bo Cox playbook for loan officers? The first step is getting out of your comfort zone. 
right? So that is the very first step that you have got to do because if you don't, it will cripple you your entire career. You've got to get out of your own comfort zone and doing things. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna get into so many different, you're gonna run into so many obstacles in your career as a loan officer. But if you're not willing to pick up that phone and call somebody out of the blue as a random cold call or call a real estate agent or call a lead or something like that, if you're not willing to get out of your little circle and be uncomfortable, you're gonna struggle. So that would be the very first thing that I, I, and I, and again, I struggled with it. I struggled with it for years and years and I still do at times, but I keep thinking back. If you just stay outside that comfort zone, magical things will happen. Yeah. There's a, my, one of my favorite sayings is this, Bo, is everything I've ever wanted was outside of my comfort zone. Exactly. Down to even asking my wife to marry me. Like yeah. that moment yeah. was totally out of my comfort zone to ask her to marry me. I mean, but. Yeah. Look what's happened 31 years later. We're still together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, dude. So I, I appreciate your words, man. That's a that's a great playbook, man. So listen, man, I'll be up in Delaware momentarily. Hopefully I can take you out for lunch or dinner or something, man. We get together, have some FaceTime. And... Yeah, let me know, man. I'm, uh, I am I live down there in Lewis, June, July, and August. I'm there every day. Um, you know, when, when I'm hopefully, you know, the market picks up and rates start to dip a little bit and you know, I'll be busy, but I'll make time for sure. All right, my brother. Well, thank you for your time today, okay? Yeah, thanks, man. It's a pleasure. All right, brother. Hang on. 45, 45. Looks like Tom Duncan. <laughs> Sounds like. Must be a duck. Jersey <laughs> girls are the best. <laughs> what? What? The bunny ears are back. Oh, shit. <laughs>